Well, I have a wonderful electronic invention I want you to see. It, it looks something like this. This is Power Couple Financial Podcast with Ariel Gonzalez from Arrive Financial and Insurance Services and his wife, the 403B doctor, Adela Gonzalez. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Ariel and Adela provide their clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Power Couple Financial Podcast with Ariel and Adela Gonzalez. Hey, you guys, welcome to the Power Couple Financial Podcast. This is Ariel Gonzalez, uh, the not your average financial guy. And I'm here with my partner, my partner in crime, my sidekick, my uh, Wonder Woman to Superman. Uh, honey, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, everybody. This is Adela Gonzalez, your 4-3-B doctor. And we have the pleasure today of hanging out and talking to um, a gentleman that he's not, I don't just value what he brings to the table, but I value his friendship and just uh, being able just to talk to the guy and and kind of just pick his brain brain a little bit. And, you know, it's nice to have smart people around you. So, uh, Mr. Stoller, Keith Stoller, will you please introduce yourself and kind of let us know who you are? Uh, my name's Keith Stoller. I'm an enrolled agent, uh, which is... Um, what, what is an enrolled agent, Enrolled Keith? An enrolled agent, um, much like a CPA or a tax preparer. CPAs, for example, are licensed state by state, just like attorneys or many other, many other professions. Um, an enrolled agent is actually licensed by the United States Treasury, and it's overseen by the Internal Revenue Service. I don't work for the government. I work for myself, and I represent taxpayers. Essentially, what an enrolled agent is, is it's a tax specialist. So if you have a CPA, for example, you can have a CPA that is very knowledgeable about tax, but not all CPAs do tax. Some specialize in accounting, some in auditing, some in different areas like certain types of business consulting, for uh-huh. example. Yeah. I've seen that. I've seen that a lot, and I didn't know the difference. Yeah, and you won't know the difference just looking at somebody who says they're a CPA. Right. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean that that's that taxes are what they specifically specialize in. Wow. Each CPA has a general understanding of taxes, mm-hmm. but they don't have a specialist understanding taxes whereas an enrolled agent that's the highest certification that the federal so then you are an enrolled agent i am enrolled okay so when i'm calling when i'm telling okay so if i'm if i'm trying to give keith a referral people don't know what an enrolled agent means so do i still say cpa if you say cpa i'll correct it okay i mean to explain it to them which i invariably have to do Um, and it's not that it's a superior or inferior credential to a CPA. It's that there are certain things that a CPA can do that an enrolled agent can't. The most specific and notable thing is that they can't certify someone's accounting books as being true and accurate. So if you have a profit and loss statement, they can actually audit the background and uh, certify them. I can't do that. Okay, and to be honest with you, that's not really what I what like to do, do anyway. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I deal with trying to put money back in people's pockets. Yeah, yeah, no, you do a great it's job of that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so did you grow up wanting to do what you do now? Not exactly, no. Um, I wanted to be an astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all watched that movie Space Camp in the 80s. Was that what it was? Oh, no, no, no. I was, I was about... Uh, two years old walking upright and able to talk and I remember looking at my parents TV that was just about as tall as I was and I saw one of it turned out it was one of the last times we walked on the moon Oh wow! As, yeah, it was actually live feed yeah. from the moon. People walk, you know, yeah. some of the astronauts walking on the moon. I that's said, "That's incredible. what I want to do." It's yeah. like the moon. You know, I was trying. I was making the connection. They're on the TV, but they're on the moon. You yeah. know, I was just. It just lit up my brain. That was like two years old or so, right. and I still recall it to this day. That's how strong that's the memory was. Yeah. Um, what did your parents do? Uh, my dad. Um, was in agriculture basically all of his life um so irrigation just various aspects of raising crops um 
went up pretty high as far as uh, managing up to like forty to sixty thousand. Was that here? In, was that here locally? Um, here in regionally, I would say it's uh, within within southern this this area of okay. California. Okay. Um, and then my mom basically stayed at home. Okay. Until I was about fifteen, and then she got bored. And she, I, I didn't need somebody around all the time. Yeah. And so, she went back to work, and she worked before I came along, and she mm. went to work. Are you the only child? Yes, I am. I Are was, you really? I, I was adopted. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. know that. I learned something new today. Yeah, my parents couldn't have kids, and so they, they oh, just okay. said, okay, well. My dad was adopted. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, how did that turn out for him? <laughs> oh, it was mostly positive. He had yeah. some, some, you know, when you get older and you start figuring out, you got half-brothers and, yeah, yeah. you know. That yeah, I ran stuff. into that, too. Did uh, you? Yeah, I when I was 20, um, I was able to uh, make contact with my biological family, and fortunately, for in my particular instance, uh, my my parents were both great about letting me know from yeah. an early age. It's basically, I don't remember not knowing that I was adopted. Oh, gotcha. That's how open they were about yeah. it. Um, my parents were still my parents. That's right. my mom and dad. Yeah. They were there for me. They, Absolutely. you know, helped me out when I had the skin knee and all that good stuff. <laughs> but. Um, that that's that's one thing but it, it is interesting because i was open to it right. um it's just basically like my family group is oh, okay. is essentially it so then do you still keep in contact with your biologicals today uh, my biological mother yes she's up in oregon a little place called falls city it's an old logging town um and then uh my biological father passed away at 53 Holy yeah. hell, that's yeah. why my dad died at 53. Yeah, well, um, my biological father had some serious uh, heart issues. Plus, he didn't take very good care of himself. Gotcha. When he was young, he looked like Patrick Swayze's older brother, actually. Yeah. Uh, oh, is that where you get the looks from? Uh, well, <laughs> I got the backwash. I mean, he, you know, if you remember that movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito, oh, twins, I'm the backwash. I'm the Danny you're DeVito. You're the Danny DeVito. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Aww. So, yeah, I just missed out on, on the Patrick Swayze genes a little bit. Aww. But, um, no, he's a very handsome man in his youth, um, but he didn't take care of himself. And he had his first triple bypass when he was 38. Oh, my, oh my gosh. gosh. Oh, yeah. So by the time I was 40, I said, you know what? It's about time I looked at myself, and I'm glad I did. And so I got in front of a problem that didn't need yeah. it, it didn't need to happen but it was genetic right and so um, I avoided a whole bunch of headaches and probably getting in a box a lot earlier than I should have right. uh, and so yeah I'm, I'm definitely on a trajectory to beat him barring illness or accident definitely so yeah. so then what did you do out of high school like you went to college well, you, you asked how I got in, maybe how yeah. I got in, interested the, in this. Yeah. How, and I, how'd you go from I re- walking on the moon to... <laughs> well, um, basically realizing how far it was to go to, to go to the nearest planet and then doing all the math and then looking at the economy and things like that because I was a very strange kid and I thought about things like that. Um, and I realized it probably wasn't going to be a practical thing when I was in my prime to be able to do stuff like that, so I better figure something else out and not right. waste my time, my time chasing pipe dreams. Um, well, about the time I was 15, my parents, they did a long form and all that, and um, they were paying $200 to get their taxes done, which back at that particular point in time was, a, a, lot of money. was a significant amount of money. I mean, it's yeah. like paying about $600 or so now. Right. And they were just just you know just regular people you know they wage earner you know my dad was a wage earner my mom it was just before she started going back to work mm-hmm. and so it was just a one income household wow. and um, that's I said well maybe there's something I can do to help let me figure this out because I was always curious about it and I looked at the previous year's return and back then you didn't have online stuff you you didn't have the internet or anything to look it up I would actually go down to the post office like most people who were around during that period would. You get your tax forms, you get the the uh, explanation booklets, and then you you would read. Wow. And you'd go through it and you'd do the math. And how old were you at this time? 15. Oh, wow. 15, yeah. Um, yeah, you and, were a different kid. I was yeah. doing other things at 15. Well, anyway, I said maybe I could save them a couple hundred bucks because, and keep in mind at that time, 
houses were a lot cheaper than they are now. Oh yeah. Their their mortgage payment was two hundred and fifty three dollars a month. That's awesome. That's so awesome. it was nearly saving them a mortgage payment. Right. Uh, so you know I could reach around, pat myself on the back, and I actually got them back like two dollars more than they got back. And the they previous trusted year. you, like okay. They, they said you... give they said give it a shot, and I showed them what I had, and it's like, are you comfortable signing this? And they said yes. Wow. It was never questioned. I had all all the backup was right there, right. and it made sense to me. It was just formulaic. Yeah. And so I never put that out of my mind, but I went on and I did other things, but I still did taxes on the side. I, I still did my parents' taxes. And then when, you, when your little turbo tax came along, mm-hmm. I started doing it for family and friends, and then it just kind of grew, but it was always something over on the side that I would do, right. you know, maybe for gas money or something like that, uh-huh. you know, just, just to help people out. Yeah. And, um, but... I ended up going to college. That it helped me pay my way through college a little bit, yeah. along with working in computers. Uh, I went to a place called Ember Riddle Aeronautical University for a year uh, to do aeronautical science. I was thinking maybe I want to so go you be can a still pilot. Possibly be an well, astronaut. <laughs> well, not an astronaut so much as uh, just a pilot. Mm-hmm. Maybe I was thinking maybe do career in the Air Force, do my 20 years, then go into airlines. But then the airline industry was tanking. Yeah. So and they were redoing their pensions because and they the airlines would go towards restructuring and bankruptcy, Chapter 13s and whatnot. And every time they did that, they'd adjust the pension yeah. obligation down. That was down. like TWA and all, all of those. All yeah, of those. those. A lot of them are uh-huh. gone now. Pan Am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, but a lot of the monies that were set aside for that, gone, and or it was reduced. And so they said, okay, well, instead of paying what you were contractually obligated to, you get half of that. Yeah. And then a half got turned into a half again when they went bankrupt a few years later. (laughs) Right. Um, And it was very frustrating. I mean, I I actually have a couple of clients that are retired who were victimized by that. Wow. Um, All because the pension dollars weren't protected. Right. Um, Do you think it's changed much at all? Well, we don't have as many pensions anymore. So that that aspect has changed considerably. Mm -hmm. If you think about CalSTRS, for example, and that's an area you guys Mm -hmm. deal with. A lot. I mean, it's $6 billion underwater. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's frightening. It's when you think about it. I'm sure that the people retiring in the near term, that's not going to be so much of an issue. Right. But for somebody who, let's say you're 15, 20 years out or more. Right. Uh. Something's going to have to change. Exactly. Same thing. CalPERS, CalSTRS, both of them. Yeah. And so that's why it's important, I think, that people look at the alternatives that they have to to STRS, you know, supplemental retirement contributions, things of that nature, Um, just to be able to take advantage of, of, and, and. Not leaving all your eggs in one basket. Well, yeah, just in case you get that airline little, (laughs) you know, we have a repeat of the airlines. The airlines were an extreme example. And I'm sure that the government, because it's a government entity, uh, I don't necessarily think that the teachers and whatnot would get quite as hard. Right. But uh, you still worry about it. I mean, even the the thought that they mess with with, with, with the pensions at all is frightening for most people. It is. I agree. I agree. Yeah. You know, Keith, there's a couple of things that I think are pretty important that you actually you and I had discussed talking about. And one of them is uh, education planning. So you already know, Del and I have been, I mean, you do our, you do our stuff, so you know all the nitty gritty. But uh, uh, Adele and I, you know, we've been married for 20-something years. We've got four kids. And education planning is something that we didn't specialize in. <laughs> As most people you see probably don't. Most people don't specialize in it until their first child goes to college. And even then, it's, you know, you're just barely scratching the surface of the information that's yeah. out there. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the key things about that is the time to start planning for college or secondary, post-secondary education, really, whatever that form takes, whether it's uh, more of a occupational, you know, because some, some, not all kids are yeah, made there's for, a lot of technical schools. There's a lot of technical fine. schools, but there's a lot of, a lot of kids that are born and they just tend to be more hands-on. They, right. They're, they're, and, and God bless them because we need, we need, we, that. we yeah. need, we need that. Yeah. I mean, otherwise things don't get built. Right. You, you know, know what? I had a question on that. So, would you recommend a, I mean, we don't know this until we know the kid, but would you recommend a 529 for a guy that has to, 
he wants to be an electrician journeyman? I mean, because then well, you're kind of strapped when it comes to a 529. Not necessarily. Uh, well, uh, well, 529 plans, okay, in the, in the specific example you gave, for example, j- electricians generally have to take some college courses, but right. they're applied. Right. So it's usually done in conjunction with some sort of apprenticeship or mm-hmm. something of that nature. And so there tend to be... You know, you you will have some college in most of these trades now. Right. Okay. Really? Because it's applied, Mm -hmm. it psychologically it's a little bit different. You're not grinding as hard in the in the certain way. You're not in a traditional academic mode. It's part of what you're doing and applying on a daily basis. It's Um, like San Joaquin College is very much like that. And that's a lot of an AA out of that. You still get an AA exactly. Um, So can a 529 help pay for that? Yes. However, I have certain reservations about 529 plans. Talk to me. Okay. Uh, one of the problems with a 529 plan is that you, on, when, when you do what's called the FAFSA. So FAFSA is financial aid. Free financial aid. Well, well it's a financial yeah. aid uh, or federal financial aid form. Yeah. And what it is is it is how all the schools calculate what your expected family contribution is and how much the aid they may be willing to come into the game with. So it's the difference between paying retail for college and wholesale for college is the easiest way to explain it yeah. to you. Um, one of the areas that I have come to stretch my specialization out into is educational planning. Mm-hmm. Um, and this we can get lost in this and I don't want to. But the fact, simple fact is that educational planning needs to start as early as possible. Yeah. But again, to go back to that 529 issue, whatever your expected family contribution calculation is, they will take whatever 529 monies you have for that child, mm-hmm. they will divide it into four, and they will add it on top of your expected financial contra- expected family contribution. Wow. So let's say you your kid just... They happen to be gifted enough to get into a very good school like USC or, okay. or Harvard or something, 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 something great. Yeah. Okay, wonderful. They've, they've done their work. God bless them. Um, and your expected family contribution after everything is ten grand. Well, let's say you've got forty grand in that five twenty nine plan. Well, divided by four, now you got to pay twenty grand a year. Oh you want to do goodness. that? <laughs> no, there's no. other ways to structure yeah. your assets. Uh, yeah. There's other ways to structure your situation where you have you you could actually still retire and pay for your kids' college. Yeah, yeah but most people don't know that. They, they most just... people don't know that, and you don't want to have that discussion when the child is 18 getting yeah. ready to go to college you so want sure. to have that years before just like you want to start talking about putting money in a 401k years before right now would i say that you should ignore a 529 plan entirely if no i wouldn't if that's if you if you do nothing else save some money for the kids retire or for, <laughs> for the for the kid to go to school right uh or or do something or get off to a good start in life exactly. and and hopefully avoid some of these student loans yeah uh, because that's the biggest problem that students have these days is they graduate college. A, there's no jobs, right? Uh, at least not in the region they mm-hmm. want to work or maybe not in their profession. Or they go into something that there really are no jobs for. Right. You know, okay, degree in basket weaving is great, but <laughs> good luck getting a job. Yeah, it's so true. I have lots of friends that have degrees, but they're not in the field that they actually went to school for. Correct. I have, I mean, I... A handful of people that I can think of right now that are completely doing something off the wall just to pay mm-hmm. the bills. So they're making, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars per year, but their debt is one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Correct. I mean, I, 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 a few of my clients are doctors and like, like MD doctors, and they, some, and the younger ones especially, four hundred thousand oh dollars. That they have to, that they're, yeah. that they're in debt. Their house doesn't cost that much. Now, yeah. fortunately, doctors tend to make a fair amount of money right. uh, compared to the rest of us. But they still have the same problem. It's right. just an order of magnitude higher than exactly. ours. Um, and I really feel for them. Um, and 
there are ways to minimize that if there was proper planning done on the front end. Um, but just to fill out the FAFSA, a lot of times parents will get certain things wrong. They'll include the the equity of their home mm -hmm. in the value mm -hmm. of if you've taken if you've done a rollover, for yeah. example, if you allow the um, the um, the upload to happen to do a FAFSA. They have this feature where you can upload from the IRS a, a uh, transcript of your tax return. Oh, that's nice. Well, one of the things is if you roll money over from one IRA to another, for example, right. they'll still take it as a, they'll still count it as a distribution. Oh, no. And then they'll add it on. The that's only horrible. way to handle it is horrible because then it artificially inflates what the right. family would otherwise be expected to pay. Exactly. That needs to be corrected, and you don't want, so you, you manually want to do these things if at all possible. You don't want to do the upload if you can yeah. avoid it. And you have to include everything from your 403B, you 401k, all, everything. Um, a lot of times, if you've got rollovers, if but if you've got retirement funds, there's a certain allowance for that. So you don't necessarily have to worry about money you have set aside for your own retirement, especially depending on how old the parents are at the time. That's good to know. Um, but uh, also, if you have rental properties, how are those structured? Huh. Okay. Um, you can have your rental properties owned by uh, an LLC, for example. Each one its own LLC, and then, but these LLCs can be Wyoming LLCs. Right. But the property management is done here, but all the profit gets repatriated so, back to the LLCs there in Wyoming, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, there, there tends to be a lawyer involved in structuring this, by <laughs> right. the way. And I am not an attorney. Yeah. Let me be the first yeah. to say. Uh, but I, I'm just saying this from a practical, in-practice perspective, that you don't you you get to avoid a lot of the California tax yeah. problems, and when it comes time to do the taxes, you have a K-1 from your various LLCs, mm -hmm. and that is all that gets reported is just the profit and loss, not the assets, because you don't own the assets. Yeah. The assets the are actually owned by another, an entirely separate entity. Yeah. And so you don't have to worry about that as far as when it comes time to fill out your FAFSA. You just, so they, you just have a, a, a tax return that shows maybe a thousand dollar profit or loss. Mm -hmm. That's a huge difference. It's a huge difference. Four hundred thousand dollars <laughs> compared to having to list the equity that right. you might have in these properties. Because yeah. one of my buddies, and we talked about the economic downturn. He was one of those people that actually had money during the downturn. He was picking up properties for forty grand. Yeah, oh and he had the cash. Right. He actually paid cash, and uh, he has three rental properties, and they're paid paid off. And they're, awesome. and they're and they're they're almost depreciated, but uh, they're worth about three times what he paid for them. Each one is. Wow. So um, you could see a lot of equity, but if they were in an LLC, right? And the the LLC would just report the profit or loss. That's and each awesome. year, of course, if you do it right, it's either at a loss or a or very profit. minimal profit. profit. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So that's yeah. FAFSA. That's yeah, FAFSA. FAFSA. FAFSA you again. You want to start your educational planning process before your child is going to school, and I mean well before. Planning for taking all of the, in their freshman year even, taking the pre-SATs, the SATs, and the ACTs. Right. SAT has lost a lot. I mean, back when we were going to college, right. everybody was harping on the SAT. So you got to take true. the SATs. Well, I took the ACT because I went out of, out of state. Out of but nowadays, it's ACT. That's yeah. the benchmark. Really? That's the, the better ACT, one to take? That's the better one to take. Um, but either way, the child should be studying and taking it as many times as they possibly can right. so that they get accustomed to what's on it. Mm -hmm. you, because they only take the best scores yeah, you get. You can take it as many times that's as you true. want. Yeah. So why not take it as many times as possible, get the highest scores you can, mm -hmm. and then... And they have a lot of prep courses to prepare kids for that. Absolutely. Yeah. I just think it's just taking the initiative and actually doing it. And not know? waiting to the last yeah. minute. So that was what you know the educational planning part, and I think I hope you guys that are listening um, understand that there's a lot more that goes into it. I think Keith did an amazing job at least skimming the surface, and like Keith mentioned already, we could spend the rest of the episode going over this stuff, and it'll take up the at least a few more hours. But we wanted just to provide enough information for you guys to at least be able to ask a different type of question. So Keith, let's get into it. Let's talk about tax planning. Okay. Wait, you said I like people 
to keep some money in their pockets. Tax planning. Break down what tax planning is. Like, where, where do we start? Like, what is, what, what, what is it when a person comes to you and they're like, Keith, I need your help. Is there certain things that you already know that they're going to need help with that everybody needs help with? That's that's hard to say. I mean, it, it generally does tend to fall into different patterns, but I don't, I can't necessarily come in with preconceptions. Each person's situation is unique to them, but it's what problems do you have when you come to my desk? Mm-hmm. Now, I may have similar clients with similar issues, for right. example, but um, what's unique in your circumstances? So we have to drill down. I may be familiar with it, uh, and it may be the very same problem that the people that I talked to about a half an hour ago had. Yeah. Right. And it's like, well, you know what? Um, I know, I've, I've run into this. You've got a lot of company. And trust me, that's, that's really what it always comes down to is no matter what your problem is, you've got a lot of company. All right. You've got. Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) Okay. So don't feel a lot of people tend to feel like they're in a silo and they they're afraid to talk about something or they don't know what to do. Please talk about it. The the best thing you can do for yourself is just go to a professional, open up and say, this is what my concerns are. It's worth one hundred and fifty bucks or two hundred and fifty bucks to spend one hour talking to a professional that knows what they're doing to get you a solution or on a better track than you're on right now. At yeah. least you walk out yeah. with at least an action plan most of the time. Yeah, instead of kind of putting your head in the sand. And, or, or just trying to go solo and just hoping that it works out. Yeah. yeah. Um, never be afraid to ask the questions. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm more surprised that I, I run into a lot of business owners that are, aren't incorporated yet, you know, not taking advantage of any of the tax breaks, you know, what... So it kind of surprises me. And, it, and they have a CPA or they yeah. have their tax person. It depends on the person's situation and how mm-hmm. big their business is, too. Yeah. I mean, for some people, there's a lot more flexibility that you do have being a self-employed person on a Schedule C uh-huh. income tax return as a sole proprietor mm-hmm. uh, than you do as a corporation. Once you incorporate or become an LLC or any type of entity, mm-hmm. all of a sudden your reporting requirements go up yeah. exponentially. Um and then also the government, especially the state of California, gotta love them. Yeah. Uh, you get that eight hundred dollar a year sunshine tax that we like to call it, uh, <laughs> which is sure. sunshine tax, <laughs> which is the, what they call a franchise tax. That's the pri- that's for the privilege of having an entity in the state of California. Gotta love it's, California. Whether you make money or lose money every year, you've got to pay at least that eight hundred dollars to the wow. state of California, and you have to do your statement of information. It's twenty five bucks, but the thing is, a lot of people People forget it because it's only once a year mm-hmm. and if but if you do forget it then guess what you get a $250 penalty for not doing it That's awesome. <laughs> but you your tax person better know that stuff well right? your tax person better know it but ultimately it's your responsibility mm-hmm. and a lot of times there's poor communication right. between tax people and and the, and their constituents right. um, and for some people it doesn't always make sense economically to go and incorporate or to become an entity at certain stages. If you're just getting by making 40, 50 grand a year profit in your business, you're not quite to the stage where it necessarily makes a lot of sense. However, the more successful your business is, the larger in scale it is at least, um, the more it makes sense and or the more assets you have personally, the more it makes sense for you to have have some sort of incorporation, some sort of limited liability, yeah. and, you know, and that's really what you're looking for is to insulate yourself from personal liability yeah. because you don't, whatever, whatever your business does, whether it makes it or doesn't make it 20 years down the road, we don't know, but the assets, the, the, the wealth that you accumulate in the time that it is doing well, you want to protect it. You don't want to lose your house because right. an employee right. got a paper cut at work yeah. right. or slipped and fell. Exactly. Um, or God forbid, your kid, you know, goes and runs into a, goes and causes an accident because yeah. they were driving and somebody got hurt bad. Right. Uh, you don't. It's your kid. You don't. But they're gonna sue you guys because you're the parents, and right. then they're gonna be after your house, your Everything. car, your yeah. retirement, anything they can get their hands on. Yeah. So, uh, so when you're sitting down with the client, the best thing they can do for you, Keith, is mm-hmm. be honest. Just be honest. <laughs> so, so the way I see it is, it's like. 
I keep you as the same status as you keep like a doctor. Like if you go to the doctor and you're not feeling right, tell the dude what you're feeling and that we can give you hopefully the best answers. Or- we're, we're actually bound by ethical confidentiality, just like any doctor does. We have a limited confidentiality. I don't have to tell the government anything that you tell me. All right. The only exception to that is... And it's the same thing with MDs or psychiatrists or anything like that, except attorneys. Attorneys are the one exception. Um, They have full attorney-client privilege. Can't get anything out of them. Um, But in my particular case, up to the point it becomes a criminal matter, I don't have to respond to anything. But as soon as it becomes a criminal matter, I'm obligated to respond. Okay, I have to respond to uh, subpoenas for information and things like that, discovery requests. Mm-hmm. I have no, I have no way around that. Um, I'm legally obligated to do that. Um, whereas an attorney, uh, it's part of attorney-client privilege. So I have a limited privilege. Uh, I have a limited privilege, and it applies to the IRS and the state. So if you tell me something in confidence, I'm, I'm not obligated to disclose that to the government in any way, shape, or form. Nice. Barring criminal charges. Yeah. So you've got to go a long way to get criminal charges, but it can yeah. happen. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know a lot of the clients that we've, you know, we've referred over to you and that you've helped out. They've all, you know, just talked about how you didn't just correct something. You actually educated them. Yeah. That's 90% of it right yeah. there. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's 90% of the job. Um, because a lot of people just, they don't know what they don't know. Uh-huh. Um, and you... You can't tell them. You can't teach them everything just in one meeting. Right. Okay. It's that's that's the other thing. It's I've accumulated knowledge over a lifetime. Now keep in mind, even though I've had taxes on the side, it only became a full time occupation for me back in two thousand and two when I bought out of business. I said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have I have a background in senior certification levels in human resources. I've been a director of IT for a corporation for a national franchise. Um, I've been pretty busy, yeah. so I mean, <laughs> I've, yeah. I've done I've done quite a bit. But that so, definitely helps you in your. But it does because a lot of times when you're dealing with payroll issues, right. and let's say payroll taxes and things like that, my human resources background right. sensitizes me to that. Yeah. On top of the fact that I can also see certain things that may be coming up uh, as far as how they're dealing with their staff or something yeah. like that. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. So it's it's just everything. And, and then my IT background as well. I've, I mean, I've got a degree in it as well. But um, everything that we're doing, especially nowadays, is going to technology. It's going to computers, going to the cloud. Since I already have a background in that... I already can... It's a little bit easier to streamline things. It's easier to streamline things, but it's also easier to see where problems can occur ahead of time. Because, and that's ultimately educating people about where the problems are, where they can occur, and what landmines they want to You're like the MacGyver of tax planning. (laughs) (laughs) You need chewing gum and a nail and (laughs) maybe some cat hair. We'll get it done. Some bubble gum and a Q-tip. There you go. (laughs) I love it. But you do need that, and that's what makes your expertise so valuable. So, yeah, that's impressive. so yeah, tax planning is huge. And so, what do you, you help out the business owners as well as just the average family? Well, the average family, again, it's more about structuring how they're spending their money already. Okay, the average family they tend to be wage earners, but the more, you, but the bigger you have your operation, if you have a business, for example, the larger the scale of your operation, the more money I can save you. It's as simple as that. It's just a, it, it becomes a matter of scale. Um, you know, if you if you're dealing with somebody who's making say a, a million dollars a year, it's very easy for me to save them forty forty thousand dollars a year in taxes. Wow. Very easy. Yeah. Um, and for my tax for my actual tax planning services related to business owners. I mean, if you think about it, if I could save you fifteen to twenty thousand dollars a year for the next ten years by just doing a tax planning <laughs> session one time and you implementing these things, yeah. uh, would it be worth three thousand dollars of your in, uh, investment? Absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. and that's a gift that keeps on giving year right. after year until the <laughs> yeah. tax code changes again, of course. 
<laughs> so so the, that takes me to this point. Okay, so I will talk to sometimes people, and then I, and and I kind of disregard it. But how does it make you feel, Keith, when a person says, or let's just say, you know, why should I go to Keith if he's going to charge me X number of dollars when I can go down to uh, Liberty, whatever tax place, and they're going to charge me forty bucks to get my stuff done? Um, to me, it, it's a backwards way of thinking because to me, it's all about value. It's it's about what this person brings to the table. It's about becoming a member of the of a team, not necessarily. Well, this guy is the cheapest guy. It's like the guy that goes to buy the auto insurance and always looks to save five dollars when it's going to cost them more later on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, I mean, there's always the person that's going to spend five dollars in gas to go across town and buy something that they'll save a dollar on. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. What's wrong with the Costco? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but that's an extreme example, and I'm yeah. I'm not I don't want to badmouth anybody. Right. Keep right. that in mind right. because there are some good pairs that work for Block and, and yeah. Liberty yeah, and yeah, some yeah. of these others. There are, um, and some of them are enrolled agents like I am. There's there are few and far between. Right. But um, but there are actually some very competent people, and uh, there are some advantages going with it. Say an H and R Block or a national chain, because they can share information. Let's say you've got a wage earner that's uh, moving. Gotcha. Let's say, uh, especially if they're in the military, for example. Oh, I'm stationed in Texas, and now I'm up in Washington, for example. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Their file can move with them. Now, I can deal with people in any state in the union, and I typically do. I also have some clients that are overseas as well. And, um, but I'm physically pretty much in one place. Yeah. You know, you got to send your information to me. You can send it to me electronically. It doesn't matter where you're at. It's just as long as you have, have the means to get it to me. You can mail it to me, whatever. Right. Um, but it's not the same thing as sitting down. And some people do like that face-to-face. Yeah. Uh, and there's no getting around that. But... As far as the cost savings, keep something in mind. A lot of people's experiences at, at places like H&R Block, you don't necessarily get the same person year after year after oh, year. That's a good point. You don't necessarily get the same relationship, the ability to build that kind of relationship. You're a file in a computer. Right. Um, now, there are some smaller, there, there are some in smaller communities where the same person runs it and operates it, they own it. And you're going to get that person year after year. You can get that experience, but not in larger markets. Um, A lot of times, it's just going to be whoever they got through their program. Um, But again, there are some good people, but there are a lot of people who are not as experienced. Yeah. Um, And that's another thing, is experience. How how many years have they been doing it? How, How many different types of situations have they seen? Have they... How much continuing education have they gone through every year? I tend to go through about 60 to 80 hours of continuing education every year. Wow, that's impressive. And that's just in that. I have other certifications that are outside direct, that are directly outside of uh, tax that I actually keep up that I have to do minimum of 60 hours every three years just to keep my certifications and like my human resources certifications and such. So well, that's one of my, my favorite things about working with you, Keith, is the fact that... Um, I mean, we're not best friends, but I consider you a friend. You're not just my tax guy. You're not just my enrolled and, and uh, taxed or what's this? enrolled agent. And you're not just my enrolled well, I'm not ju- agent. I'm not just your tax guy. Yeah. You're not just my tax guy. I like the fact that I can one shoot the shit with you, but only that. Two, I can sit there and ask you a question, and you know my circumstance. You know where Adele and I are. You know what we're trying to get to. You know my business. Um, and I can just talk to you point blank and ask you directly questions, and you can give me the straight, straight answer. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, it's that's that's everything. When you're trying to go to you know the next ten levels, you need that type of uh, help around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, to me, it's when I when I, whatever it is that we end up paying you, it's an investment. I see it as an investment. I don't see it as an expense. Because you've helped me out so much more on the back end that I could, I probably don't even realize. Yeah, and that's the that's the other thing. I mean, it's yeah, you pay a little bit more. That's true. I'm not I'm not the cheapest guy in town, and I'm Which not is the good. most expensive. Yeah. Um, but it's the results tend to get magnified a lot more too. I mean, if I'm if I'm if you charge if if I charge you four or five hundred dollars, for example, um, but I'm saving you twenty five hundred. Yeah. 5000 or something like that, or helping you to do something smarter with your money and get a tax deduction where you're not getting one now, 
then I've paid for myself and yep. then some. And 100%. that's that's the kind of and, and again, it's something that you make one correction now, but it pays dividends year after year, even though you've only did gone to me one time yeah and again that kind of goes back into tax planning too that that consistency and staying on track with a plan or knowing how to change if circumstances or laws change that's the other thing yeah Mm -hmm. and that's why you want to have that kind of relationship with somebody whoever it is whether whether it's you know somebody at, at, at liberty or block or a cpa or somebody like me now, well, I know for us, it really gives us the peace of mind of knowing that if, you know, yeah. the tax laws get an overhaul. Yeah, because that's not my, that's yeah. not our cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, but it's not something Way I have to. It never starts out as anybody's yeah. cup of tea, generally. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's the fact is that there's somebody out there who's actually studying. Yeah. I mean, when we were going through the changes back in 2017 going into right. 2018, I was actually keeping up with the actual legislation yeah. and the text of the legislation, and I was trying to educate people on what would be coming out for the next year yeah. and things to be looking for. Some people listen, some people don't. Right. It's, you know, for some folks, they just see me once a year, and then mm-hmm. they go out and live their lives, mm-hmm. and they don't really think about it, and they don't want to have to think about it. Taxes right. is not a really fun yeah. thing they, A lot of people dread taxes a lot yeah, of or they just it. don't or they just don't want to think about that you right. know it's it's just like i've got so many other things i want to do and think about yeah. why am i going to i just i want it done just pull it's like the lion david mm-hmm. the lion pull the thorn out please yeah. <laughs> so so let me ask you and i've got uh, a friend who hasn't filed taxes and i'm sure there's a lot of you uh-huh. guys out here uh he hasn't filed taxes in about six years <laughs> okay and he's one of those guys that says well until they notify me that I have to, I'm not going to. Okay. What do you tell that guy? I mean, because that, to me, that's just idiot written all over it. Okay. Well, let's, let's not disparage the poor individual because, unfortunately, <laughs> that poor individual has a lot of friends out there. Um, really? That is, I thought that was uncommon. People do that? People do that. It is more common than you think. Wow. Um, you know, it's, it's, again, they think, okay, if I ignore it long enough, maybe it'll go away on its own. Yeah. Um, but eventually, if you started filing taxes, if you've got a social security number and you've ever filed taxes and they get a W-2 or 1099 for you, because again, the government gets an electronic copy now of all your W-2s and 1099s. Yeah. They still want you to give them a copy of it or report it. But um, in any event, they're going to have a record. They're going to ask at some point. And um, yeah, I've I've had people come in with even longer periods of time that they've they've had gaps in. Wow. Um, and really, all they want is they're trying to force compliance. Now, ultimately, the government can do a sub what's called a substitute for return. California is more likely to do this than uh, the federal. Than the federal. Uh, California is the most guilty, especially if you're a licensed contractor. Oh my God. Um, they will actually uh, do one for you based on the average of contractors in California, uh, based on their statistical averages of that. And they'll just say, this is the income. They won't write any expenses off of, against it. And then if they have any 1099s on top of that, they'll add it on top of that oh, estimate. Wow. And then if you disagree with them, it's up to you to file a tax return. Wow. And historically, once California instigated that, then they'd share a copy of that with our friends at the Fed. Mm-hmm. And then the Feds, up till about 2009 or 10, would go ahead and do uh, their own substitute for return based on information they obtained from California. Wow. Good old California. Yeah. Our friend. Um, and so then you're in the doghouse with both of them. Now, the Fed stopped that because they realized California was just doing that to generate revenue right. and comp- and get people to comply, really. Yeah. Uh-huh. But it, that they were really ended up harassing people who most of the time didn't owe them anything or didn't owe them nearly as much. Right. Uh, you don't want to get into that because once you get a substitute for return, you never have an end to what's called the statute of limitations. That is, they can come back and reassess you. Oh, my gosh. Tell, you know, tell God comes home. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. <laughs> wow. right until Jesus comes back, yeah. that's what's going to happen. So oh um, you definitely don't want to... Uh, 
to be in a position like that. You want to take the lead. You want to, you want to be yeah. in compliance. Yeah. You want to be proactive. Do you want to be driving the sled or do you want the sled to be driving you? So, so this guy that has to file taxes in six years, the best thing he could do is sit down with the professional and get advice and say, what do I got to do to, to rectify this thing? Yes. And then one of the cool things that I have that a lot of preparers don't have access to uh-huh. is that I can actually get a copy of the records from the IRS. Let's say I don't have any of my records because, oh, I got a divorce, my old lady burnt oh, all yeah. my stuff, whatever it is. <laughs> He's heard these stories. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard those stories more often than you could think. Um, it's funny. It's, it's, I don't know if it's a Bakersfield thing, but you know, so the the the, old, the, the guy the guy is out fooling around or something. The old lady gets wind of it and she's burning his clothes out on the front lawn. I, I, that's, that maybe that's just Bakersfield. Yeah, I think it's Bakersfield. Yeah. Yeah, it's Bakersfield. Um, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> So you can get copies from the IRS. You can actually return. get copies of your wage and income transcript wow. going back up to six and seven years. That's impressive. I didn't know that. Yeah. And that's really what they want that's you. All you need. That's all you really need. Yep. If you have more, please, by all means, bring it, especially right. if you were doing something on the side, maybe you had a side business, especially if you lost money at it, because right. we definitely want to write that loss off mm-hmm. against it. Um, but when they do a substitute for return, they do the least advantageous. They usually do married filing separate or single filing status based on your history. They don't add any kids. They don't add any deductions. They just say, this is your income and here's the tax based on that income. If you disagree with us, file a return. So even if you get ahead of that, you still want to to go ahead and be in the driver's seat. So I've seen a lot of teachers or educators where they, um, they want more on their return so or on their take home so they you know put you know married and 10. married and 10 yeah and clearly they're not they're not either married or 10. (laughs) (laughs) well it's not just 10 kids but 10 deductions it could be any one of a number of things but i get like the deductions it's not really a a child per se i mean it's not necessarily they equate it with children but it could be um home interest that's what it traditionally is equated to um yeah it's It's downtown um (laughs) yeah it's 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 home interest deductions various other things um now that's that that structure has changed a little bit on the w4 form that you typically fill out but um in reality yeah you want to take home more cash because you're having trouble making ends meet all right fine uh but you're going to you're going to end up taking that money out of the back end. And that's when it's tax time. Then you're going to have a bill due and you're going to have to pay it back in a lump. And if you're, the thing that I find is some people are very good. They, they don't mind saving up. They just want to pay it at one time Mm -hmm. in the year and have access to their cash during the year. But most people, most, but not all don't have the self-discipline to not, get into that cash I'm I sure. agree I yeah. agree and so why tempt yourself right if you especially if, if you have to equivocate on it at all if you have any trouble with impulse control right and most of us do um, then you just it's easier just to go ahead and pay that find ways to save to cut cut your bills you, do you really need that new car do you really need that I yeah. mean there's a lot of questions I mean I, I would say if you're a a lot of like the IRS for example if you owe them money the first thing they're gonna say to you in in no uncertain terms is sir ma'am you don't have an income problem you have a spending problem (laughs) because in reality what's due the IRS is due the IRS or the state I mean we tend to harp on the IRS but the state of California is the same way Mm -hmm. they want their money and the IRS, I, I love dealing with them compared to the state of California because the IRS, they have the U.S. government has its own printing press and they make money all day every day. Mm-hmm. The state doesn't have that luxury, so the state is really yeah, they want their they're money. tenacious. Yeah, they, they they will make your life miserable if you owe money to the state and the feds. Pay the state first. Right. <laughs> your life will just be that much easier. <laughs> that's uh, good to know. Yeah. No, but that's good. I mean, so obviously you can help somebody, you know, look at their pay stub and just kind of like, okay, let's, let's figure out that threshold Mm -hmm. where you need to file single or head a household, whatever that may be. Yeah. Let's drop your dependents down. And then, but what's, let's say what, 
the other thing is, the other half of that is, perhaps we can sit down and take a look at your budget. Right. You know, or do you need help with budgeting for your household? Uh, do you know what a budget is? Right. Yeah, <laughs> little, no, it's little, true. I mean, I say that facetiously, but in reality, it's, a lot of people, they, they just don't discipline themselves that way. Um, we're our own mommy and daddy, at the, you know, once we get to this age. We, we have to look out for ourselves and for the people that depend on us. And so it just behooves us to be a so lot is more there any, is there any circumstance, Keith, that somebody can come to you and you're like, I can't help you? There is. There, that, that, that happens on very rare occasions, but it does happen, where somebody, their need is just completely out of my league, okay, uh, where I don't have, I mean, I'm a one-person shop, all right, now, I focus on taxes, there are some things I can do, but I do refer business out from time to time. I've had my own certain family members uh, that have had large businesses, but their, their needs far exceeded what I as one person could be able to provide. I'll give you an extreme example, whatever, uh, not to pick on the man, uh, but Donald Trump. And whether he's president or not now is inconsequential. It's the fact that for his businesses, he has essentially a team of accountants, yeah. internally and externally. Right. And they're constantly fighting with the government on audits year after year. They are dealing with trying to get his tax returns done. They're dealing with uh, internal audits, external audits, um, and it's an ongoing thing. He can single-handedly keep a tax, uh, I mean, a very large tax practice in business. Uh, I don't have that kind of time. I, I would not be able to eat, drink, sleep, or yeah. anything um, if I did that. So, I, or either that, or I'd have to hire a lot more people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want to. I, there's just certain things that I can refer them out to somebody who's a lot. They have more redundancy, more capability, mm-hmm. uh, or it's something that maybe I just don't feel comfortable working with yeah. uh, because it's an area that I really don't know that much about. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I that's I'm, I'll be the first one to say okay. I may, I may not be, this may not be, I may not be the right person for this, right. but I can bet you I know who it is. Oh, and that's, that's one of the things I put on my business card. If I don't, if I can't help you, I probably know who can. Yeah. So, um, and that says a lot, you know, because right there it's, it's hard to kind of pass on, you know, business, no. but at the same time you're doing the right thing. Yeah. I, I don't feel it's hard. Actually, the, the, the more I, the more experience I've had having to do that. Uh, the easier it's become, really, because why would I want to take on something that I don't feel that I can fully execute yeah. or that I'm fully qualified to do? Yeah. Uh, whereas somebody else, maybe that's the, they specialize in that aspect in their practice and they do it all day, every day. Mm-hmm. And I could be taking notes from them. Yeah. So why not give this person the best thing? And people tend to appreciate that a lot. Oh, yeah. More. 100%. Definitely. Um, I have people that come to me because they think their tax their tax return is messed up because they came to me from one of the the chains. I mm-hmm. won't I won't pick yeah. on any particular yeah. one um, because it's ha- it's come from every chain at one yeah. time or another. Um, but uh, they'll say, "Well, I think this is wrong," and I may point something out, and maybe they had a green preparer, you know, somebody who wasn't a lot very experienced or something like that, and that's fine. But one thing I always do is I always educate them and say, look, I can, I can amend the return for you mm-hmm. because that's what you would need as an amendment. I could do that, but if I do it, I'm going to have to charge you for the entire return mm-hmm. plus the amendment. And so this, it's probably going to cost about this. Right. Uh, whereas you've already paid for this return over at your preparer, so you should go back to them, have them just do the amendment, and then you just have to pay for the amendment. And if it was a mistake they made anyway, they should probably eat it. Right. They should probably eat the cost anyway. Uh, should be covered under your one of the plans that they offer anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably 80% of the time they end up coming back to me for whatever reason. <laughs> if they don't come back to me to go ahead and do that return, right. they end up coming back to me the, the following next year. year. Yeah. Uh, some of but. I always want to give people an opportunity to save money where I can. Right. It's not it's not all about me just making another dollar to stick in my pocket. I mean, right. probably about fifteen thousand dollars a year goes into my brain. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't 
I don't party. I don't have fun with it. I go and I take seminars. I, yeah. I try to continuing learn. Continuing education. Continuing education and learning mm -hmm. new aspects. Yeah. You know, right now I'm going through a study program to take the U.S. tax, tax court uh, exam, wow. which is I'm able to represent people in front of the IRS and the state governments um, throughout the states right now with my enrolled agent certification. But the one thing I can't do and a CPA can't do is they can't go and represent a client in front of the tax court. Gotcha. But if I am a U.S. tax court practitioner, then I can actually do that the same as any attorney. But it's only good within the U.S. tax court. Wow. So, so I, I would actually have my own bar number and all that. Now, that test is so selective, they only give it once every two years in Washington, D.C. Oh, wow. my goodness. And the pass rate is between 6 and 12% each year. Ooh. And there's only maybe one to 200 people that take it every year. Wow. Yeah. It ain't easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a select few. <laughs> it is a select few, and that's why I'm taking about 18 months to study for it. Wow. It's because my practice has evolved to the state where... It's something that I, I'm starting to get people who have problems like right. that, where it's like, okay, let's go to tax court. Because the cool thing about tax court is about nine, nine to, yeah, I'd say about 95% of the time, if you go to tax court, it gets resolved with the IRS before you actually go into tax court. Oh, wow. Yeah, because once they see you're ready to go there and you're prepared and here's where it is, they're ready to say, okay, we'll settle on this. Ah, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Um, so that, Good to know. That's going to that's gonna allow me to do a lot more for, for clients who are yeah. in deeper situations yeah. than I can help right now. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, Keith, let's finish up with this. Tell yeah. us about your book that you have coming out. My book. What's the title? Well, right now, tentatively, the title is... Is there pop-ups, color pages? <laughs> like, what's going uh, yeah, on? pictures for Ariel. Is there just yeah. endless amounts <laughs> of tax code, or what is it? Okay, no, it's, 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 written, for the, it's written for the layman. Um, it's Unleashed the Power of Tax Planning, unless the editor decides they want to change it at the very last minute. Uh, it's, still a, it's still at the editor right now. Um, so it's already done. It, I wrote it. It's, I, I've written it. It's not. It's not done. Ready to print just quite yet. Okay. It's at the so editor. Our, our in advance. copy is not You're, in yeah. the mail yet. Gotcha. It's it is, not in the mail yet. It's not even in the mail to me, so I can <laughs> autograph it and send it to you. <laughs> well, that's awesome. So then, the first draft essentially is with them. Oh, it's oh well, my draft. I mean, this is it's the final draft that's with them. Wow. So. Um, so this year, we think maybe. Oh, probably uh, end of October. Oh wow. Yeah, we were originally thinking end of September, but so reality. is this something you've always wanted to do, or just kind it, of you know it's evolved and the opportunity came about. Yeah, and I had some time. I had to have an operation this year, so I had some time to sit on my butt. So <laughs> might as well make some use out of it. That's awesome. Um, but it's it's written more for the business owners. I'll okay. be honest with you. Um, the the average wage earner really sitting down and doing tax planning is a lot more straightforward of a yeah. process uh, but once you're a business owner there there are there's a whole new world that opens up to you yeah as far as what you can do especially if you running as you are running a successful business mm -hmm. and you've got so you're getting so much money that you're getting taxed and to the point where it's like oh my god I've got tens of thousands of dollars going out of taxes how can I recoup some of that money and keep it in my pocket? Right. And hence what I went, I'll go back to what I said to you earlier in this interview, is that uh, if I could save you ten dollars to $20,000 a year in taxes, right. would it be worth $3,000 or so for me to do a tax plan for you? Yeah. Would you be willing to pay for that? And for most people, the answer is yes, once you put it like that three thousand mm -hmm. dollars if you just ask him somebody for three grand they're mm -hmm. gonna look at you and laugh yeah. yeah but if they realize that oh yeah this is i can save 10 15 20 or more thousand dollars each year mm -hmm. just by getting a tax plan and making some changes why would i not do that yeah, yeah. wow so so tax season's coming up we're in the what going into the fourth oh, quarter. Are you kidding? FAFSA season's coming up. <laughs> oh, FAFSA yeah. season. Yeah, the October first, second, third, somewhere in there. Uh, they're going to open the door on the new FAFSAs wow. too. So tax, tax, yeah. it's, it's education time. As a yeah. matter of fact. So what should people start planning for? Well, um, 
again, we've talked about FAFSA, and we can turn that into another hour or two, but um, in reality, I would say that uh, reviewing last year's tax return, uh-huh. how this year has been going in the meantime, if, you have, if you're on extension, getting that done, because that April 15th deadline's almost here. Yeah. <laughs> catch up before you know it. Yeah, sure. and you're running out of time, whoever your tax person is. Um, so you need to get on that. Um, but in reality, uh, if you're a business owner, your final quarterlies, your, your quarterlies should have just gotten paid uh, for September, mm-hmm. and then the next quarterlies are going to be due based uh, out of by October, or I'm sorry, by January fifteenth uh, yeah. or thereabouts. So um, taking a look at how your business is progressing. Is fact it'd be the, probably the best how profitable have you been what are you looking at going into this final quarter of the year right uh, so that you can start making some plans because if you're going to pay taxes then why not spend money that's tax deductible mm. right. and keep some of that money in your pocket reinvest it in your business right. or save for your retirement, retirement. or yeah. maybe uh if you you know maybe you have like a a 412i plan or something yeah. like that you know we can talk about another time mm-hmm. um where you can you can have a you know pension contributions mm-hmm. things like that uh we want to take a look at all those things or maybe starting up a, a tax deferred plan right uh or some sort of retirement plan if you haven't done so already yeah uh these or and also taking a look for wage earners at what are some of the supplementary benefits that you have with your employer that you might not be getting, especially educators right. uh, or people. Maybe they're not educators. Maybe they're not they're they're uh, uh, not certified. They're classified. Right. Um, that uh, they can actually they, they might have access to five or four fifty seven plans, mm-hmm. things of that nature. How can they leverage those? Yeah. Um, especially at universities, they have access to even more. Cal State. A few of my clients are over at Cal State, and they have access to like five or six different retirement yeah, vehicles. And, yeah. Oh There's yeah. Well, then don't get me started on Ross. Yeah. Okay, because <laughs> <laughs> stay tuned for that episode. Yeah, that's 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 another episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, just so you guys know that are listening, uh, we are going to be having Keith on. I try to have him on every, maybe hopefully every couple months. To kind of keep us up to date throughout the year as far as what's going on, what things are changing, and what to look out for. Let's add more to his plate, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Keith, where can people find you at? What's your address? Um, and what's a good number to reach you at? Okay. Um, you can call my 800 number. It's 844-GO-KS-TAX. Um, it's 465-7829, if I recall. Um, and then my direct line, that, that goes directly to my line. And then also uh, my local number is 661-616-1348. You can email me at stolerpr at gmail.com. How do you spell your last name for those listening? S is in Sam, T is in Tom, O-L-L-E-R. Okay. Okay. Uh, so it's stolerpr, like public relations, at gmail.com. So I do all the Facebook and all that. Mm-hmm. I just do out of that. Um, so I keep up with that generally on a daily basis and I do, I do check my messages. Um, and, um, uh, go K triple W go KS tax.com. Okay. Uh, you can look me up on the website there and, um, and, and for the, you know, so just, just so you guys know, there, um, the reason why I think it's advantageous for you to at least if you're having, or if you have questions or you've considered, uh, uh, switching tax preparers or, or ha- that, you know, that, that relationship that you have with somebody when it comes to that arena. Uh, the reason why I've referred Keith out to so many different people that are our clients, um, one is because he's the, the job he's done for Adela and I, but on top of that, just because I know that the kind of person that Keith is, I mean, when a guy says that he you know, puts that much time in every single year back to his mind to get better at the business, to better serve his clients. I mean, that's all I, for me personally, all, all I need to hear because, um, uh, you know, I mean, that's the best investment I think Keith can make in him, is in himself to put back into his business. So um, I think Keith, man, I think we covered a lot today. 
A lot of great information. Yeah. A lot of stuff I still didn't know, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of conversations well, we, you and I have where I still don't yeah. know. It's, it's, it's again, it's the we can't teach everybody everything in one sitting. It's there's a lot to it. Yeah. So, but yeah. it's just about getting, just becoming aware of some of the things that are out there. Yeah. That's, that's all. Yeah. So um, those of you guys listening, I appreciate you guys jumping on, and uh, this uh, podcast will be live next week. Um, th- again, this is the Power Couple Financial Podcast. Uh, Adele and I are just excited to bring you guys uh, content that is going to help you and that is going to feed you and it's going to at least, if nothing else, entice you uh, to reach out and grab information and, and hopefully take care of you and your business or you and your family. So uh, do us a favor. We're on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Um, rate, leave us a, a, a review and, and, and rate us. Obviously, we, we want a five-star rating. Uh, I think we deserve a five-star rating. I think the information that, especially with this episode with Keith here, uh, should deserve a five-star rating. But when you rate us like that, when you leave us reviews, it actually allows us to gain more traction and increase our following and our viewers as well. So with that being said, Keith, I appreciate you jumping on the Power Couple Financial Podcast. And until next time we get together. My pleasure. All right, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Power Couple Financial Podcast. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Ariel or Adela Gonzalez at Arrive Financial and Insurance Services. Call 661-636-6862 or visit them online at arrivefinancialservices.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Insurance products and services offered through Arrive Financial and Insurance Services. Ariel Gonzalez, Adela Gonzalez, and Arrive Financial and Insurance Services are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.